and welcome back to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan for part two of our best of 2021 episode year-end roundup thing. My name is Dan Martin, special effects artist and podcaster, and I am joined, as ever, by my lovely co-host. Sam Ashurst, and I'm a writer, I'm a director, and I would like to take this opportunity to wish you a very happy new year, because I believe this is going up in January, I could be wrong, but if not, have a happy new year anyway, happy 2022. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not time... Based. that's true you, like just just have a happy new yeah, year just whenever it comes all years just do make it make them happy and uh yeah. i'm very happy dan because i'm about to hear your top five movies of the year and deliver my own as well um what could be more exciting than that for cineasts but before we get into that top five why don't we have a very brief dan a very brief summarization of the very complex and detailed system that you laid out in the first part of this two-part series. How are you going to summarise this system in in a sentence or two? Let's hear it. In the words of the police in Dario Argento's seminal epic, The Card Player, it's too complicated, I cannot explain it to you. (laughs) (laughs) And in the words of myself, off mic, a minute ago, it's probably best that you listened to the previous episode. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Suffice to say, there are going to be a few different rankings thrown around in this episode, and I, I feel they contextually just make sense. You'll be able to you'll be able to work out what's going yeah. on from context. Yeah, I think so. Well, why don't we start with number five, Dan, from your top ten of the year? What is the algorithm ranking, and what is the gut ranking for this film? Well, so the, the gut ranking was down at number eight. Oh. oh. But the algorithm puts it at number five. Wow. Is it uh, June? Is it June? No, it's Dinner in America. Oh, interesting. Ah. My notes that I wrote to myself say a full tilt anarchic romp that celebrates not fitting in, pairs well with SLC punk and smacking someone in the face with your grip tape because they didn't notice your straight edge tattoos and had the audacity (laughs) to offer you a drink. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that that sums it up pretty well. Wow, interesting. Um, Interesting. It's a a piece of... it's an ode to the outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Raymer, the director, previously known for Bunny Game, which is a slice of nasty. I didn't expect this to be dealt with in like it's quite a sensitive movie. Mm-hmm. It's really like I really loved it. Mm. It's another one we uh, Sam and I watched at the same time, and it's a uh, it's an absolute no. It's not, is it? We didn't watch it at the same time. We we got the screener at the same time. Yes, but, but it was my recommendation, and then. And then, but I think you did also love it. It's a really, really lovely movie. It's a good, sympathetic depiction of the punk ethos. It's not too grimy to be, in, so grimy to be inaccessible, but it's still nice and counterculture. It's just a great fucking movie. Yeah, it really is a great movie. And yeah, I'll be talking more about it, perhaps, in this episode. But let's see. Hey. Um, and not at number five, though, because number five on my list is Dune. Now, I said... All I need to say about this one in our actual June episode. So please do just go and listen to that. But it was the first film I watched with my beautiful new wife sitting next to me on our wedding day. So it'll always have a place in my heart. And I couldn't not include it for that reason alone. Doesn't mean it's number one, though. Sorry about that, Shay. But, you know, I've got to be really quite strict when it comes to these rankings. So uh, number five, June uh i'm gonna stop talking before uh divorce papers are filed dan <laughs> what is at number four from you at number four from me algorithm algorithmically number four gut ranking number seven mm. i mean still that's 
you know, let's not pretend these are also rounds. They're all in the top ten. Yeah. They're all winners here, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a, a screener of this. It's not been released in the UK yet. It's on streaming in the States. Mm-hmm. It's directed by a chap called uh, directed and written by a chap called Potsy uh, Ponceroli, who is predominantly a producer. Has done a little bit of directing before. It's a really like grimy, moody, like unforgiven esque western with a oh, tiny cool. little dash of Kobuchi in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Old Henry. Oh, nice! And it's fucking great. Mm. Yeah, it's. I've not seen a western I like this much for a long time. This, I would say, this is the western I've enjoyed the most since Red Dead Redemption Two came out. Oh, fantastic! Wow, that's a very, very high recommendation. It's lovely. It, it's imagine the the sort of the burning, like imagine a slow burn western version of Under Siege. Oh, what? I can't believe the continuity error there, though. The fact that they've included a battleship. In a Western, that is just... (laughs) (laughs) That's not on. So it it deals with a a meek, mild-mannered, slightly diminutive, ageing homesteader Mm -hmm. uh, and his son, who he refuses to allow to fire a gun. Bad. Mm. Guns are bad. Guns are bad, yeah. But maybe he knows guns are bad because of something in his past, Sam. Maybe that's why he became a chef. He's not a I'm chef. In. He's a he's a steer, but a steer hand. But when a when a man escaping some other men. <laughs> Fuck, sorry. <laughs> I might I might leave that cough in, but um. <laughs> when a man escaping some other men who has a satchel of money on his person ends up on the doorstep of this cowboy, it's only the you know all he can do is help him and bring him in, but it, with him he brings. The full weight of misery that is chasing after him. And, oh, it's so lovely to watch it play out. It's just, it's great. It's a great film. Well, well, I haven't even heard of this one. And I love a Western, as you know. So you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Now, I am going to do something last minute here because (gasps) I'm going to take Woodland's Dark out of my top 10. Um, Even though it's at number three, and we're doing number four. I'm going to put my number four at number three and I'm going to put in a new number four. Okay. What's it? What the shit is happening? I know, I know. This is the same willful disregard (laughs) of numerical order that you displayed in our very first end of year special. Well, you know, I'm a renegade. What can I say? Yeah, I'm just going to throw in Siberia, which is the Abel Ferrara movie that I kind of left off my top 10 because according to IMDb, it was released in 2019. I saw it last year at the London Film Festival um, 2020, but I realised that it's only had an actual release kind of this year. So it's... Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's uh, Abel Ferrara stars Willem Dafoe. It's uh, a very, very trippy, weird, surreal film that tries to put across the atmosphere of dreams not always a fan of that but i think this movie is very very successful uh, of exploring kind of not only dreams but the subconscious and and the relation between the two when it comes to processing trauma and difficult events from our past absolutely beautifully shot very very and this is a cliche but it is genuinely very lynchian with just a, a fantastically odd ending siberia from abel ferrara that is my new number four of 2021 
Dan, what is your number three? Number three, uh, algorithmically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was my number 10 based on gut. Wow. And actually, I think it was probably my number 11 based on gut, and I Whoa. substituted it out because realistically, I couldn't not include mm-hmm. it. And it's Dune. Hey, fantastic. Good, good. I'm glad it's in there. I've, like, I feel it has to be marked down because of resources. Like, yeah. Like, look, here's the thing. I'm not denying Villeneuve is a fucking great director. Like, my favourite film of his is Prisoners. Mm-hmm. I still think that that's fucking great. Mm-hmm. And if people who've seen and enjoyed his more recent films haven't seen it, go back and watch Prisoners instead of Dune. I mean, Dune's fucking great. You'll watch it eventually. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. But, but Prisoners is better. Dune is the second film in Villeneuve's ongoing series of the cleanest dirt available after his Blade <laughs> Runner sequel, where everything mm-hmm. is really dirty, but somehow also really, really sanitised. But like, but he's like, he's the guy dealing with I- existing IP in a way that I care for. The mm-hmm. film he bumped, by the way, was Candyman when I did my gut listing. Oh wow! I I really I really liked Candyman. I really really liked Candyman, but but Dune pipped it like on the gut ranking, which is how things got into the top ten. The spectacle of Dune is just fucking amazing. But as you said, we've discussed it very heavily on our Dune podcast mm-hmm. already, so I feel like I shouldn't spend too much time on it. What I will do is quote someone else's tweet. Yes, please. Uh, a chap by the name of August J Pollack on Twitter summed it up better than anyone else has ever summed it up. So here we go. In a move so unsurprising, there is literally an eons old galactic prophecy about it. Powerful, horny men are unable to peacefully share a planet made of cocaine. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. That is that. That's a take. That's a take right there. Excellent. That's 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 Dune. That's all of Dune. There you go. So if you didn't know what Dune was about, that's what it's about. This is, I'd say, the second best version of the film, mm-hmm. but it's definitely the most like stylish and bombastic mm-hmm. version of the film excellent excellent very polished excellent well i'm gonna go into my new number three and i'm glad i've bumped this up and i actually wonder if we're still to hear about this one from dan because i was lucky enough to watch mad god at fantasia back in august oh my god how did i miss mad god out of my list oh my <laughs> Right, the, everything is now void. Everything now no longer has any kind of meaning because oh. this is the most Dan film I've ever seen. Here's what I tweeted I loved at the time. I said, Phil Tippett's Mad God is either the film of the year, decade or the century, depending on your perspective. In my view, it should be launched into space as the final document of humanity, which it lays bare in all of its shitting, bleeding and puking glory. And then in all caps, glorious masterpiece. Um, but my gut ranking uh, supersedes my Twitter ranking. And uh, it's at number three. And it was at number four. But it is absolutely astonishing. It's up there with Kubrickian stuff as an achievement. Dan, here is your opportunity to speak of Mad God, seeing as um, you thought it was yeah, a piece of I, shit. Yeah, it has to be an <laughs> has to be an also ran. Yeah, because like it's. I mean, it's not an also ran. It's an honourable mention. Like I don't know how the fuck it's not on my list. I loved it. I loved every like. I didn't love every minute of it. I loved every minute of the first third and every minute of the second of the third mm-hmm. third and about like fifty percent of the second third um, <laughs> right yeah like the the live action stuff felt like a 90s post Marilyn Manson music video and I wasn't keen on it but the animated stuff is absolutely fucking amazing and obviously Phil is like an absolute he is a mad god like mm-hmm. he is the titular character it's yeah it's a fucking beautiful movie it's the he's the he's the real torchbearer of 
you know, all of the, if you love Shrankmar and Brothers mm, Quay yep. and the Bolex Brothers and Robert Morgan and all these guys, like, Fell was an innovator at the beginning and is still fucking innovating to this day. Mm. And this stuff is, is fucking beautiful. Like, you know, people will know his name from the Jurassic Park meme. Like the dinosaur wrangler Phil Tippett, you had one job. Mm -hmm. If you want a little bonus feature for yourself, go on YouTube and look for the uh, stop the go motion test. It might be listed as an animated or a stop motion test of the um, Velociraptor kitchen scene from Jurassic Park because when he was still working out whether it would work better as Go Motion, which is his invented brand of stop motion with vibration like added to the armatures of the puppets to allow them to have motion blur so they don't have that kind of staccato everything's in focus horizontal shutter mm. normandy landings from saving private ryan like everything's too clean look that often gives away stop motion and he was working out whether to do that or or or, uh, or hand it over to the cgi team he basically went and just on his own steam did a fucking entire version of that kitchen scene with the velociraptors uh, himself with Barbie dolls and puppets and it's beautiful like it's as good even with the Barbie dolls it's as good as the thing in the final film but yeah he did Ed 209 from uh, from Robocop he did the Atats in in Star Wars like he's a he's a fucking legend uh, but this this is his like crazy fucking locked in a basement for 30 years acid casualty fuck Hollywood like oeuvre and it's so beautiful yeah it's good. Like I said, a little saggy in the middle. I, I love uh, Alex Cox, but I like, and at times he adds to it dramatically, but the live action stuff is, it leaves me a little cold, but only because it's held up in such stark juxtaposition to the beautiful, beautiful stop motion, which I love so much. Like I, oh my goodness. It's such a beautiful film. I'm very cross with myself that it's not in my top 10. So yeah, there you go. Right. This is quite weird as you were talking there i just i quickly googled what i said about it on twitter just to see if there was if i went into any more detail because i can wholeheartedly agree with um everything that you just said and it is popped up in the search because i just googled sam ashes mad god right um twitter but what came up was make mine criterion it was a review of mad god i believe and i think they've pitched an imaginary blu-ray yeah they have that must be what this is because um, they've reviewed it and pitched a limited edition Blu-ray and they've put their dream extras on there and mixed in with things like, damn it, Phil, you had one job, Phil Tippett on his infamous meme and short films and all that kind of stuff. It has an introduction by filmmaker Guillermo del Toro. It has an audio commentary by filmmaker Phil Tippett and special effects artist Dan Martin. And it has uh, no? illustrated collector's booklet featuring new writing on the film by sam ashurst and a gallery of exclusive production writing and artwork by filmmaker phil tippett so we have been included dan on some imaginary blu-ray extras i've just discovered as we were doing this isn't that nice i like i like i could i would stop doing things (laughs) (laughs) if i could if I could just be in the room while Phil did a commentary for this. Yeah, can you imagine? So, oh my goodness. Thank you, you so like, much. I, I, let me just, yeah, let me just wow. quickly thank Make Mine Criterion for, uh, yeah. for including us in that. That's, that's really, really lovely. Wow, yeah. All right. You heard it here first. Scoop, we are 
going to definitely, definitely be doing that. Right, Dan? Well, yeah, I mean, fuck if they'll have us. <laughs> I'm going to go into my number two of the year. No, I'm not, because you're doing your number two of the year because you just talked to me about Mad God. Yeah, that you? was just... Yeah, which isn't, yeah, which which isn't is on your, your list. Your so, Dan, what is your number two of the year? I'm still a fucking idiot for that. Well, number two, my gut ranking, it was number four. My algorithmic ranking, it's number two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if like if Baby Blood, Boys Don't Cry and Rubber had a child in the back of a car, mm-hmm. this palm door winning, psychosexual, art house body horror tries to confound but is often serene in its insanity. At its heart, it's a film about loss and fitting in, whether that means into society or into a child's skull. It's to tame. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, this one was a, a a real hit amongst film Twitter types. People absolutely. Oh my goodness! Well, it won the Palm Door. Love this one. Yeah, it won the Palm Door. Tell us more about about why you love it. It's one of those films that kind of washes over you. It's delib- It's like it's deliberately a little oblique. It's got like if you wanted to be rude about it, you'd say that it had threads that didn't necessarily go anywhere or didn't make any sense. But actually, I think that there's just a lot going on. If you'll excuse the pun, under the hood. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really interesting study of blame, mm-hmm. of the origins of problematic behavior, mm-hmm. of what makes people make the choices they're making, the self-destructive choices and the outwardly destructive choices that they're making. Mm-hmm. But above all of that, it's fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really beautifully photographed. The grime and the grease and the unpleasantness of it is is lovely. Mm-hmm. The practical special effects are absolutely top-notch. There's fucking prosthetics in this that are, like, Oscar-level just beautiful because you forget they're there. Like, they're just, they just blend into the world because they're really, really good. And, and yeah, like, it, 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 it plays really beautifully with, like, presenting you something, like, it lets you get used to a situation and then it just fucking pulls the rug out from under you. It's a great movie. It's not really worth trying to explain the plot because what plot there is is comparatively scant mm. and I think that it works better if you don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. But it's a really, yeah, it's a really beautiful movie. It's occasionally quite touching. There's some really, like, genuinely lovely stuff and sort of treatise about loss in there. Mm-hmm. And, and it also does a really good job. Like, you know how when a film has, like, a piece of shit character and it's like, this is the good guy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, film, your moral compass is fucked. This is not that. This is a film that goes, here's a deeply flawed character. And we're not telling you they're the good guy, but we're also saying it's not as cut and dry as good guy and bad guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Well, it's not on my list, but uh, I enjoyed hearing you talk about it. And I'm not going to say spoiler alert because there's nothing in here that's spoilery for my number two. But this is a film that Dan, I believe, hasn't had a chance to watch yet um, because of a a pre-order situation. And there's a good chance he wouldn't have included it anyway because he might not have counted this as a 2021 release. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but And I am aching for my discs I to know, arrive. I know, you're going to love it so much. I can't wait to talk to you about it. But yes, uh, number two, my list goes from the sublime to the utterly ridiculous with Vinegar Syndrome's New York Ninja. Now, this to me is what boutique releasing is all about celebrating lost and forgotten genre films like their works of art worthy of restoration and new york ninja wasn't just restored it was rescued 
basically from a dumpster, that a label isn't just cleaning up cool old movies, but stitching them together, that is next level for me. And that's why I've placed this silly film so high on my list. What Vinegar Syndrome did here in rescuing a film that wasn't just lost, it was unfinished, is just worthy of recognition uh, in, in my view. It's really weird and sort of stupid, but constantly entertaining. It was another film this year that made me re-examine my attitude to kind of quote bad movies, uh, you know, movies that are so bad they're good or whatever. I think they're just good. Can they truly be considered bad if I have so much fun watching them? I don't think so. So yeah, New York Ninja, because I, I enjoyed it from start to finish as a film watching experience, but mostly because... I just love, love, love what Vinegar Syndrome did here. Yeah, on basically every level. So, yeah, New York Ninja, check it out. Dan, what is your number two? Uh, number two is Tatane. Oh, what is your number one? Sorry, I'm, I'm losing the here thread. Here we go. <laughs> it's the big one. And Sam, it's I, I'd put money on it being a film you haven't seen. Oh, because it's not in my list. I'd, I'd put a small amount of money on it being a film you've not heard of. Oh, I'm excited. And it's unbelievably fucking good Ooh, very excited it was my gut ranking number one. Oh wow it's my algorithmic number Ooh. one i'm gonna read you the full list of scores that it received on my weird fucking oh, system excellent please do it got 45 of fun oh <laughs> that's low it got 80 it got 85 of ennui oh. which gives it an aggregate of 65 <laughs> on overall fun yeah it got an 80 on special effects and gore. Oh, my God. It got a 71 on earnestness and persistence of vision. Mm -hmm. It got 10 on funny. <laughs> wow, this is going to be a fucked up watch. It got 95 on beauty and technical ability. Holy shit. It got 80 on punches and explosions. Oh, yeah. And it got 80 on shocks, twists and learning. Good Lord, Dan. What is the title of this extraordinary film? It wowed audiences at Berlin. Mm -hmm. It has no UK release mm -hmm. plans. <laughs> Please, people, go on Twitter and demand it be released in the UK. It's a fucking beauty and it deserves the biggest screen you can get. It's Soi Chung's black and white neo-noir masterpiece limbo oh yes i have not seen it and i believe i've not heard of it so like a like a classier cross of what you'd get if you took brothers from the walled city and bloody beast and added a dash of kurosawa's stray oh, dog geez. and smeared it with the grime of hard to be a god my it's lord it's a film that's as slick as its rain-soaked streets. It's a miserableist neo-cat three noir in beautiful black and chrome that follows a crushed police officer and his, let's face it, cliched rookie partner through an investigation <laughs> into a serial killer who is leaving severed female hands throughout the slums of Hong Kong. Mm. It is achingly beautiful. Mm. The director has previously done like really big, uh, like kind of bold, like he did like monkey, like, you know, the monkey King, mm -hmm. like, you know, big budget Hollywood affair. Mm -hmm. This is a, a, a black and white, like comparatively constrained film but then every now and then it goes to like an overhead shot like a crane or like this there's a car crash in it that is 
like oh like sort of beautiful slow-mo and there's some really lovely very like very restrained and pointed uh digital like post-processing to like fracture images Mm -hmm. that's really beautiful so it's obviously taking advantage of of proper money like of a proper budget one thing i would say is there is a wholly fucking unnecessary sexual assault in the in the beginning of the third Mm -hmm. act that like even if you needed if you if one felt that it was needed to be kept in narratively didn't need to be fucking shown so but like it is only like i feel that i should say that as an underline as to how much i enjoyed the rest of the film Mm. it's it's oppressive and soaking and and close and wet the whole thing feels like the third mile you walk in in like wet clothes on a hot wet day it's it's so um so aggressive and sad and full of just fucking misery yeah i love it well dan um i think your this new system has absolutely knocked out of the park this year this is maybe your strongest top 10 i think we've ever done not that you've done week ones in the past but yeah this this has been a particularly special year for you um some really really interesting choices in there and and uh, more than a couple that i haven't even heard of so fantastic fantastic work uh, i'm hoping that my number one isn't an anticlimax because it is one that you've mentioned already it's it's a, another film that i have to try to discuss without crying but if arrow are annoyed that i've spent so much of this top 10 banging on about vinegar syndrome don't worry i have saved the top spot for you guys arrows dinner in america which still isn't available in America, which is bizarre, but that is a film that both you and producer Mike really insisted that I watch because you both felt it was my kind of thing and you both couldn't be more correct. It's a perfect, perfect movie for me. I've watched it a couple of times this year, which is very rare for me. I I normally don't like to revisit films. I like to fit in as many new watches into the year as possible. But yeah, this is one that that does get better and better every time, like a favourite song or album. It's basically Buffalo 66 meets Todd Solons meets John Hughes with a dash of Heathers in there too about two misfits who find love. Dan's already kind of discussed it, so I won't go too much into the plot. But I I will say that my memory of showing this to Shay, my incredible new wife, is my favourite movie-watching experience of the year. And I won't ever forget dancing with her in front of the projector to the menu music after it finished. Yeah, that's a moment that's burned into my brain forever. So the song in the film has since become our song and it moves me every time I hear it. So I am going to throw it into the edit now, just in case there's anyone out there who needs a reason to watch this film. Uh, just listen to this song. It captures the spirit of the movie in, in such a, a beautiful way. So let's have a little listen to that. Am I dreaming or did you just kiss me? You don't know it but you already miss me Like a tum-tum In my ear drum dum dum Music boyfriend I'm your yum yum Fuck them all, fuck them all, but us. 
right. Do you love the gorgeous. music in Dinner in America, Dan? Yeah, I do. Like, I'm, you know, I'm one of these people who is, like, I have a passing interest in punk. I wouldn't consider myself a, a lover mm-hmm. of it. And the stuff that I love tends to be more on the English side mm. than the American mm-hmm. side. But, you know, I, I I did really, really enjoy it. Like I said before, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it treads that very narrow line of of being accessible without being poser punk. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. it, it it's not so grimy as to be like ostracizing, but it's not so clean as to be insincere. Yeah, that's right. And I guess we should also I don't think either of us mentioned the performances because that's oh. kind of the main thing that makes it special. Yeah, Emily Skeggs and Kyle Golner uh, as our kind of two main characters are just both insanely good like what could have been caricature um just has so much depth and humanity um just really really astonishing performances so um recommended on that basis as well so there we go there's some films that you would have seen precious arrowhead but hopefully there's enough in there that you haven't caught yet that will uh, go on your watch list in the new year um as we approach 2022 dan are there any films that you're excited about seeing this year they could be films that you have made that are getting a release this year yeah i mean like it's it's been a very busy 2021 for me we have a little bit of additional photography to do on brandon cronenberg's infinity pool which is the best script i've ever read which is very exciting it's a fucking masterpiece i'm super excited uh, for that to be available to people but like as far as films next year go no i've been like really fucking blinkered Mm. like there's a handful um there was a trailer that landed today that's called something along the lines like a michoyo picture called something along the lines of all of the things all at the same time Mm -hmm. or all at once or something which looks fucking great uh i'm unprepared so i'm afraid i can't remember the name of it like i literally saw it like two hours ago three hours ago um which looks really fun which is a sort of a a fresh multiverse thriller but i i thought i might just throw out some of my long list titles oh sure if that's all right yeah is that okay yeah go for it obviously i mentioned Candyman didn't quite make the cut which is fucking shocking because it was actually really good i held off on it for ages like i i thought i wasn't gonna like it because you know like you sam i hold Candyman in such high regard Mm. but i i really liked it i really liked it i i you know i watched on vod and and it's a really really solid horror i was very pleased to find out it was a sequel rather than a, a reboot or a remake that was like a nice moment in the film to discover that um, I really like No Sudden Move which I know a lot of people are shitting on which is like a sort of another neo-noir obviously that's a running thread I'm a big fan of them mm-hmm. it looks fucking weird they shot it on weird lenses it feels like it should have been 4-3 because all of the stuff on the left fifth and right fifth of the screen are distorted to fuck but apparently actually the original aspect ratio was like twice as wide and everything to the sides was bonkers but it makes everyone look like they're acting on a set of miniatures but it's a really solid neo-noir sinkhole which is a huge korean blockbuster from this year hasn't been released over here yet but that's really worth watching uh, looking out for it's a disaster movie about a, a, a block of flats that slips into the ground and everybody in it has to survive it's a fucking rip-roaring adventure and you'll love it 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 is very traditional in its koreanness from a western perspective in that it turns on a dime as far as genre goes like it'll go from slapstick to like heartbreak in 
in a heartbeat which is great mm-hmm. Midnight another Korean one feels like a 90s thriller I watched it with Jen she was a huge fan of it she's not normally a big fan of Korean stuff it's really good it's about a deaf mother and daughter on the run in the like in the streets of, of Korea from a serial killer unable to communicate their fears the whole thing feels like an allegory for the patriarchy not listening to women it's fucking great mm-hmm. and Every time it feels like it's building up to like a oh, fucking hell, all right, so we're just going to do this, are we? It sidesteps and it, it manages to avoid all of the sort of, again, sort of gendered stereotypes that go with that mm-hmm. kind of thriller. But yeah, like it, it feels like if this were, if it were made in 93, then we'd see a 1997 remake with Sandra Bullock and it would be great still. Mm-hmm. Like it could be handled very well for an American remake, which is really good. The Vault, which is a Spanish heist movie, which I really enjoyed. It's flawed, but it's like their plan, Sam. Like their plan, it's flawed. Nice. Um, but it's it's very fun. I think that's directed by Jamie Balaguero. Mm-hmm. He of Wreck, 50% of Wreck mm-hmm, fame, mm-hmm. which is really, really fun. It's an, a sort of half English, half Spanish language uh, heist picture, which is really, really fun. That's great. Kate, which is out on Netflix, seeing Asano Tadanobu back on the big screen, especially in a, a semi-English language actioner. It's from the same production company that did John Wick. It's probably the best like Western financed action film I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Like Woody Harson's in it, and he's he's not on absolute top form, but and and it's a bit predictable in places. But the action's fucking great, and overall it's really fun. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Tove, uh, which is a, like a really sweet Finnish biopic of Tove Jansson, creator of the Moomins, which is very sweet. It it sits in a difficult place where if you're a fan of her work, it doesn't necessarily give you anything new, and if you don't know who she is, it it probably doesn't give you quite enough. But it really sat with me for a long time after I watched it. The the nice people over at Bluefinch sent me a screener of it, and and it's a a lovely lovely picture like a kind of hug it's basically about an artist dealing with her sexuality and the perceived uh, value of her work from a family perspective and how that transitions across to a social perspective which is really nice shiva baby which is a like a, a jewish new york like comedy about a young woman who sees her uh, sugar daddy turn up at a shiva when she's attending a funeral uh, which is great uh, name Above Title, which is like a 50-minute Portuguese dialogue-free thriller that Mitch showed at the Soho Horror Film Festival, which is fucking great. It's, I, I don't know if it even counts as a feature film, because, like I said, 50 minutes, but it's fucking great. Really beautiful. And, and like, it, it starts off like a kind of, like, oh, God, like a sort of mainstream version of Amma. And then by the end, it's almost Jodorowskian in what it's doing. It's, yeah, really, really lovely. Uh, And then finally, Malignant, which is a huge budget mainstream film that I wanted to love and did not like the first two thirds of. But oh my goodness, that last act is one of the most like balls to the walls, crazy, wet puppet filled nonsense that I've, I've seen in a long time. And I really, really enjoyed the end of it. And like when I finished it, I thought that's not for me. I didn't like that. And then again, as I as I got further and further away from it, my sheer enjoyment of the last third uh, is has grown so much inside me that it's overtaken my distaste for the first two thirds. I recommended it to someone else who I've ma- named on the podcast before, but but was embarrassed, so I, I won't name again. But um, who who fell asleep during the first two thirds and then watched the last act the next morning 
and texted me being like, "Oh my god, that was a that, the end was amazing." Mm-hmm. And it's like that's the that's the best way to watch that film. So yeah, there you go. Those are my also rants. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that's quite a list, Dan. I'll I'll chuck in a few as well. Agnes, the the Mickey Reese movie, which kind of starts yeah. out like a. a a supernatural kind of non-possession movie and then kind of becomes more of a, a character piece uh, i found it really interesting uh but but not quite enough to break into the top 10 alien on stage the documentary about the the bus drivers who who put on a, a performance of uh, alien uh, at the leicester square theater very very charming very very touching uh, documentary maybe not loads of substance but i still really enjoyed it bull directed by paul andrew williams starring neil maskell which is uh, a revenge movie with a twist um i'm not gonna say what films it reminded me of because those are both big spoilers but a non-spoiler reference is korean cinema it had elements that really reminded me of korean stuff so nice. um, and neil maskell is an absolute beast in it strawberry mansion which is kind of uh yeah eternal sunshine kind of on a on a super low budget style movie um (laughs) eternal sunshine of the little mind there you go perfect A, a really really charming film with lots of interesting kind of practically stuff um and some really kind of charming performances as well really enjoyed in the earth and censor but we've got a rule that we don't include each other's films in our top 10 at least i assume that's why dan's never included any of my films in his top 10s correct uh, <laughs> uh but yeah both amazing films and dan's work on them it, uh, incredible um the power of the dog everyone is massively raving about that i i really really enjoyed it fantastic performances beautiful cinematography but yeah it's just something a little bit missing for me to put it in the top 10 but i still loved it it was kind of like a uh a, a little there will be blood in a way <laughs> you know but but still fantastic a fantastic film that's why i'm mentioning it and my also rounds and yeah you know some that you mentioned dan beyond the infinite two minutes but also blockbuster crap like the Zack snyder's justice league the snyder cut i i loved it you know i love all that batman shit and in fact uh one of the films i'm most excited about probably my number one most excited about movie apart from the northman uh the new robert eggers film the batman which is out in March. Yeah, I just, I know that all the influences there, like the, you know, the fact it looks like David Fincher and it's it's delving into some interesting comic book stuff. So um, both from the past and from the relatively recent runs, I'm guessing, I'm guessing. I think it might involve some Court of Owls stuff. So um, we'll see, but I'm excited about that. And I liked other blockbustery stuff like, I cried at Ghostbusters Afterlife, even though it was specifically designed to make me cry. I did, I did really, I uh, was powerfully moved by that film. And I enjoyed Nobody as well, even though it's kind of a John Wick knockoff, essentially. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Nobody a lot, mostly due to my love of uh, Bob Odenkirk, and it was surreal seeing yeah, him he's in that kind of role. But yeah, Nobody's definitely an also ran for sure. It, it's been a pretty strong year, especially going by what Dan's been watching so i'll have to check out some of those but maybe drop us a little tweet tell us what you loved in 2021 tell us what you are excited about in 2022 and you can do that by tweeting both at sam ashurst on twitter and dan at 13 finger effects that's fx 
the letters. Yeah. I like to make life difficult for people. I'm the same on Instagram, 13fingerfx. And Sam, you are on, on Instagram? I am. I'm at Sam Ashes 23 the number two, the number three. And I'm also going to ask you, Precious Arrowhead, um, it's rare that I do this, but if you could rate us, ideally out of oh, five. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, on, on iTunes. Out of, no, no, remember that it's out of 100. So, yes. Like, you know, we, we're, we're modest men. We just, <laughs> just rate us maybe five out of 100. Yes, just, yes, yes, exactly. Just click the five. Just click the five and don't worry about it. Just chill out. It's fine. And, and also, uh, if you could write us a, a review, you know, even if it's a few sentences, it, it really helps other people find the podcast. And we want to do this for as long as our exists which will be a long time so please do rate and review us on itunes and on that slightly needy note i'm gonna say just a massive thank you for listening in general over the course of this year year, it has been a good year and we've had some really lovely comments on 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 the work this year so um thank you for for interacting and thank you for listening and we promise to be more professional. Solemn promise. Solemn, 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 solemn. promise. Next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.